Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 this morning. I'm going to jump right into it. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne. Notice the word throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, I want you to jump ahead with me 33 years into John chapter 18, verse 33, when Jesus is before Pilate. And the Bible says Pilate then went back inside the palace And he summoned Jesus and he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied, it was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. Notice King, kingdom, kingdom. Verse 37, you are king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Title of message this morning is I was born for this. I was born for this. There are few more powerful words a person can say about himself than to say, I was born for this. What is it that you do that after you do it, you say those words? I was born to run or I was born to play video games. Please don't say that. I was born to, what was it? I was born to cook. I was born to raise children. I was born to have grandchildren. How many grandparents feel that way? I was made for this, right? We all have something and we go, you know what? I was born for this. Jesus said, for this reason, I was born. What was the reason Jesus was born? The reason he was born was to become king. Not necessarily become, but to be king. He came to be king and to bring a kingdom. Jesus said, I was born for this. What does it mean? What does it mean for Jesus to be king? What does it mean for this this kingdom of God to come down to the earth? We've been talking a lot about that this year. and, And God's again, he's directing me to king and kingdom. And what does it mean? What is kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not a... It's not a, an address. It's not a, a, a piece of land. The kingdom of God is the rule and it is the authority of Jesus Christ. When we pray kingdom come, we are praying that God would establish his rule and his authority in the earth. When we pray kingdom come to my life, you're saying, God, establish your rule and your authority in my life, in my body. God, in my sickness, establish your rule and your authority. God, in my children, in my home. 
right? Establish your, your rule, your authority in my life. In other words, we're saying, God, you are king, be king in my life. Now, we've looked at this before. Once again, the kingdom of God comes down to the earth in two stages. The first stage of God's kingdom coming, his his rule and his authority is when Jesus was born. He was born to be king. The second stage of the kingdom of God coming to the earth is when Jesus comes back in his second coming. How many of you are looking forward to that? Right. When he came the first time as a baby dying on the cross, when he came the first time, he came to defeat Satan. When he comes the second time, he will destroy Satan. We're living in the in-between of the defeat of Satan and the destruction of Satan. And here we live in this in-between season of time called the church age. And even within this church age, God has called us as his, as his sons and daughters, he has called us as his ambassadors to represent him in the earth. He's called us to bring his rule and his authority in the earth. And it begins right here. It begins right here in each one of us. And not only here, it begins in, in the school where, where we're going to school. In our homes. And our places of work, God has called us to actually bring his to bring his rule and to bring his authority. That means none of us is intimidated by anything. Because we have a king. And the Bible says that king has defeated the power of the enemy. The Bible says in in uh, Colossians 2:15 that he disarmed. He disarmed that in other words he said Satan drop your weapons. He disarmed the powers and the authorities. And it says that he, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he rejoiced over them. He rejoiced over them, triumphing them by the cross. I love that. I'm glad that we are no longer under the power of the devil. Defeat means they no longer have, he no longer has power over us. Destroy means they no longer exist. And that day will come. So we understand this morning that Jesus was born to be king. He was born to be king. What were you born for? What were you born for? Why are you here today? My birthday is December 20th. What's yours? Anybody have December 20 birthday? Ah, I get it all by myself. <laughs> so why were you born? Right? I'll tell you why you were born. A couple reasons this morning. First, you were born to be born again. You were born to be born again. God planned for you to be born again before you were even born. I want you to see this in the Bible. If you have your Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 4. For he chose us. That's God chose us in him, Jesus, before the creation of the world. Before God spoke the world into existence, he chose us in Jesus, in him, before the creation of the world to what? To be holy and blameless in his sight. Watch this. In love, verse five, he predestined us. I like that word predestined. How many of you like destiny? 
God predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure. He wanted to do it and his will. He decided to do it to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. What does this verse tell me? It tells me that we were born to be born again. God chose us. God predestined us. God redeemed us. Right? Why? That's what we were created for. You were born to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, you must be born again. You have to be born again. This idea of being born into the kingdom of of God, how does that happen? How does that work? Okay, well, if if uh, you were going to enter into a different kingdom, you'd have to you'd have to approach that king and you'd have to say, can I come into your kingdom? And 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 he would say, sure, you can come into my kingdom and you can do whatever you want. Right. Isn't that what he would say? Or if you wanted to enter this new kingdom would the king say, hey, you know, you're welcome in this kingdom, but we've got rules in this kingdom. And the first rule is I'm king and you're not. Right. See, a lot of times we we come to Jesus, the king, and we want we want to come into his kingdom and we want the benefits of the kingdom. Right. Without without submitting to the king. We want the kingdom. We want, hey, king, come into my kingdom and make it better instead of I come into his kingdom and I'm part of what it is. So what happens is, is it's like we want Jesus to come in and remodel our life. Come into my kingdom and make my kingdom a better kingdom. Come into my house, paint the walls in my house, put new new window treatments. And, 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 and Jesus, it'd be great if you built that addition I've always wanted to. Right? That's what we want. Jesus, come into my kingdom and make it great. Now, Jesus is say, he says, come into my kingdom because I am great. And I'm I'm here this morning to declare to you that the King Jesus has come to this earth the first time in the form of a baby. He died on that cross for your sin, for you. He raised from the dead. Why? To establish his kingdom in the earth, to establish his reign, to establish his rule, to establish his authority. I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus reigns. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I find people fighting God all the time and they wonder why they're miserable. You're miserable this morning because you're fighting God. Because you want you want Jesus come into your kingdom and make it better. And, and when, when, when he's not making my kingdom better. And we whine, whine, whine. And we wonder what's going on. What's going on is you forgot who the king was. If you want to come into the kingdom, the first thing you have to do is acknowledge who the king is. And you have to say, you're the king. I play by your rules. Whatever you say goes. (laughs) And I know there's some this morning that you're there's this spirit. There's this battle going on inside of you. Thank God for that. And that battle's there for a reason. It's there to 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 bring you before the king. You're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're resisting, you're resisting. You want to be in control. You want to be in charge. You want the king to come into your kingdom and and make it better rather than you go into his kingdom. And this morning is the day of surrender. This morning is the day of salvation for you. It's, It's the day of salvation for you. 
I remember the day I gave up. It was the best day of my life. What do you mean giving up? Yeah, giving up. Give up on your own kingdom. Easter Sunday, 1986. Spiritual birthday. (laughs) Better than December 20th. Why? Because I was born to be born again into a new kingdom. Now, the second thing I want to tell you you were born for is this. Not only were you born to be born again, but you were born to be fit for service in the kingdom. You were born to be fit for service. In other words, you were born to be fit to serve the king and his purposes. And I want you to look with me at Luke chapter 9, verse 27. The Bible says that as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, to Jesus, said, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And he said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Did you notice those words? No one who looks back is fit for service, not fit for sitting in the kingdom, but fit for service in the kingdom. How many of you know you don't have to be fit to sit? You have to be fit to serve. God is looking for a church. He's looking for men and women who are not only born again, but are born again and they are fit to serve in the kingdom. Pastor, why are you preaching this? Christmas is just around the corner. Let's just talk about like, you know, mangers and stuff like that. (laughs) Because Jesus came with a mission and he gave us the church a mission. And in just two weeks or less, it's going to be January 1. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to hit the ground running. Amen. I want to hit. I don't want to go. Now, what are we going to do? I want to hit the ground running. I want to be fit for service in the kingdom of God. I want to be ready. How can we be fit for service in the kingdom? Well, we know how we can be fit for service in the earthly kingdom. We get one of those iFit bands, right? And how many of you have an iFit band? It's okay. You can raise your hand. I'm not going to take it from you. Okay, so what happens with these? You see these iFit bands? Oh, they're nice. They tell you, they tell you how many steps you've taken. One, two, three. They tell you how far you've gone, how many calories you've burned, right? They'll even like gently vibrate, it says, to let you know it's time for a different activity. So if you're sitting too long, it'll say, get up and start walking. So you start walking again. And it'll tell you again how many steps you've taken, how far. All of that to keep you fit, Right? Well, how many of you know God has a plan for you to be fit for service in the kingdom? And I love it. It's found right here. Now, the first man said this. Well, let me just back up and say this. To be fit for service in the kingdom. Three things. The first thing is it's going to take pain. Somebody say pain. Pain. It's going to take pain. A change of attitude about pain. Watch this. The first man said this. I will follow you wherever you go. I love that. If I were Jesus, I would have said, man, that's great. Let's go. But instead, he said this. He said, you know what? The foxes and the birds, they have a home. But I don't even have a place to lay my head. 
In other words, what Jesus was saying, are you sure you'll follow me wherever I go? Will you follow me into pain? I don't even have a place to lay my head. How many of you would like to sleep tonight without your pillow? Hmm. I'd rather have my pillow. How about you? In fact, I'd rather have three pillows. I don't even have a place to lay my head, Jesus says. Isaiah said this about Jesus. He was a man. He was, he was, he was, he was uh, familiar with suffering and pain. That's what Isaiah said about Jesus. A man familiar with suffering and pain. See, the point Jesus was gonna, trying to make here is, is this. If you're going to be fit to serve in the kingdom, you have to raise the threshold of your pain. If you're going to be fit to serve in the kingdom, you've got to raise the threshold of your pain. In other words, instead of running from pain, you have to start running to it. Instead of, instead of praying it away, instead of rebuking it, you have to embrace it. You have to have the I love pain attitude. You have to have a no pain, no gain attitude. Right? I lost some of you already. This is going to be a tough one. Okay, let me tell you a story. <clears throat> so um, back when I was a teenager, and you, you could ask me, um, you know, what were you born for? There was a time in my life I would have said, I am born to ski, downhill ski. I am born to ski. Uh, my wife and I were raised, we grew up in Michigan. That's where we met each other. And in Michigan, they have, they don't have mountains, but they've got some hills. Some of them are man-made. But anyway, we used to ski all the time. Uh, growing up and we were so into it. We got the equipment all the gear the skis and the everything And so we did a lot of skiing and we loved it. We enjoyed it And uh, then we moved to, to Missouri and you know, there's not much snow there We didn't ski hardly there when I was in Bible college and then we moved to Omaha in 1996 and about three years later, I think it was 1999 we had our first opportunity to to hit the mountains of Colorado so we drove nine hours and all of our ski stuff. And here we are in Colorado and, and we're going to ski the big mountains for the very first, first time. And we are so excited. Uh, I met my brother out there and some other guys. And so we're on the slopes. It was the very first day of that morning, right? And uh, we're just, we're loving it. And I'm following these guys down this, this hill. And it's, um, they go around one bend and, and I'm trying to keep up with them. They go around another bend and I, I kind of lost sight of them. Well, I came around that bend and I noticed we're right near the bottom of the slope. And near the bottom of the slope is this, this huge ski jump. And we were playing follow the leader. And, and I looked at that and I'm, shh, and I'm thinking, they went over that. I have to go over that. So I'm getting closer and closer and faster and faster. And I realize this is a huge jump. And you ever been to that point where, where there's no turning back? You, you're at the place where if I, if I change my mind, somebody's going to get hurt. And so I couldn't change my mind. I couldn't repent. And, uh, and so here I am. I'm going up this. It's like this eight foot snow jump, ski jump. No kidding. I'm not that good. I never will be. And I... Yes. Okay. So um, I go over this, this ski jump and I'm in the air and I'm thinking something bad is going to happen. <laughs> I've never done this before. And I think I have no idea how to land this jet. And uh, while I'm in midair, I'm thinking I was not born to fly. I know that. <laughs> And I thought to myself, you know what? I don't want to be my own witness to my death. So I closed my eyes 
I am not kidding you. I, I just closed my eyes. Skis went up. I'm just, I'm just like, you know. And I'm, I'm in the air, and I, I have no idea what's going to happen next. And, and then the crash, boom. And the guys who were watching me said I was about 15 feet in the air. And when I landed, I landed on my, my right hand. I was trying to catch myself. And then I landed on my back, and boom. And I'm laying there, and I'm trying to assess my body. What just happened? Am I dying? Am I alive? What's going on? First thing I realized is I couldn't breathe. It, it knocked the wind right out of me. My brother runs, gets up to me, and he's like, Walt, Walt, are you okay? Are you okay? I can't breathe. I just could not breathe. And the next thing I realized is this excruciating pain in my hand. I had no idea what just happened. Um, what do you do? You know, you just get there. First time skiing the big slopes and first beautiful sunny morning. And, and here we go. And now my hand, something's wrong with my hand. And, and my thumb swelled up immediately to about twice its size. And I couldn't squeeze at all. I couldn't move my thumb, couldn't squeeze. And uh, when you ski, you've got two poles and, you know, you... You got to have that squeeze going on. And, and I thought, okay, what am I going to do? You know, um, am I just going to, you know, get in the car? Are we going to just drive back to Omaha nine hours and just call it a day? And uh, I said, no way. I'm going to do what every manly man does. And I found some duct tape and I put my hand back in my glove. I put my glove back into my ski pole and I duct taped my hand to the ski pole. And for the rest of the day, no lie, rest of the day, I went skiing. I went skiing. I said, you know what? I came, I was born for this. I came for this and ain't no pain going to slow me down. So that night, my, my wife, who's smarter than I am, says, let's go to the emergent, emergent care place. So we get in and x-ray and, and, and I'm, I'm sitting over here waiting and x-ray things over here and, and in the other room, they're looking at these x-rays and I hear the doctor say, hey, come here, come here. And, and they get all the doctors together and the nurses and they're all looking at my x-ray and I'm thinking, maybe God did a miracle. They said, we've never seen a hand so badly damaged. They said, your hand, your hand, um, you shattered that lower bone in your thumb. You're going to have to have surgery. And so Carrie talked me into going back to Omaha, not doing the duct tape thing the next day. And so we drove through that. Three days later, I have surgery in my hand. Sure enough, they had three pins they had to put in it to put it all back together. And it's healed. Thank God for that. But the point of this is, is listen, if you are going to be fit for service in the kingdom of God, your threshold for pain has to be increased. In other words, you have to be willing to grab the duct tape, Right? Instead of crying for mercy, instead of whining, instead of going home, sometimes you just have to grab the duct tape and start wrapping that pain and saying, you know what? I am not going to let this thing stop me. Aren't you glad that pain didn't stop Jesus from going to the cross? Aren't you glad that on the way he didn't go, you know what? Let's just go around the cross. Let's just go back to my father in heaven. Let's just forget about this pain thing. See, Jesus had a greater vision and the vision was that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, vision, vision gives pain purpose. Vision gives pain purpose. You've got to have a kingdom vision. You have to say, you know what? I'm willing to endure some pain so I can have some more kingdom in my life. So I can have more of God's rule and authority over that addiction in my life. Right? 
I'm willing to go through some pain so that more of God's kingdom can come to nations that have never heard the name of Jesus. I'm willing to give a little more. I'm willing to go a little more. I'm willing to believe a little more. Listen, we're going to build this thing debt free to the glory of God. Why? Because some of you said, I'm going to increase the threshold of my pain. I'm going to live on a little less and I'm going to give a little more. Why? Because I have a vision for the kingdom. This next year, we're moving into three services. That means we need 200 more people who are fit for service in the kingdom of God. Some of you are going to go from sitting in the kingdom to serving in the kingdom. How are you going to do that? You got to be fit. How are you going to be fit? You got to love pain. You got to love pain. Some of you, the beginning of this year, you're going to do things you've never done before. Why? Because you've got a vision, a kingdom vision for your life. You're going to get up early and you're going to go to a prayer meeting. You're going to get up early and you're going to read that one-year Bible. You're going to read that journal. Why? Because you've got a vision for the kingdom. You're not going to let pain stop you. Right? If you're going to be fit for service in the kingdom, you've got to change your attitude about pain. If you're going to go to a Monday night class for 15 weeks and pay hundreds of dollars for this class, your threshold for pain has to go from here to here. What's it going to take to be fit? Not only is it going to take pain, it's going to take loyalty and undivided loyalty. Notice what the second man said. He said, Lord, but first let me. But first let me. Go and bury my father. Most commentators say that there's a really high probable chance that the father was not actually dead. This guy's father wasn't dead, but was elderly. Of course, in that day and in that culture, taking care of aging parents um, was very, very important. uh, Very high on the priority list. Uh, That's what they did. And you know what? That's what the Bible instructs us to do is is to take care of uh, aging parents. And so... So that's a great thing to do. And this man wanted to go back and make sure that his parents were um, taken care of and that as they would age and their needs would increase, that they would be he would be there for them. And how many of you know that's a that's a great thing. It's a very unselfish thing. But Jesus came in and he rocked that culture. The rabbis of the day, they threw up their arms when they when they heard him say this. Let the dead bury their own dead. But you come and you proclaim the kingdom. Why? Because what Jesus was saying was, you, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be fit for service in the kingdom, you have to have an undivided loyalty to me. Your loyalty to the king is greater than loyalty to your parents. Your loyalty to me is greater than anything else. Those who sign up for the armed services, they're saying, I'm going to serve this country. My loyalty to this country is greater than my own family. I'm willing to leave my family for six months to be on active duty. I'm willing to be a missionary and go to go to Burma or wherever it might be in Indonesia. I'm willing to go there for years at a time without ever seeing my family. Maybe every two years. Why? Because my loyalty is to the king. And here Jesus is saying, listen, your loyalty can't be to your own family even first. First, it's to the king and to the kingdom. So my question this morning, what what first let me first let me like this guy said, loyalties are dividing you today. First, let me experience a little bit of pleasure. 
First, first, let me have this relationship. First, let me have sex before marriage. Do you have a, a try before you buy attitude about marriage, about sex? Right. Well, pastor, you don't know. We really love each other. No, you don't. My Bible says love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long suffering. That's what love is. Well, pastor, we really love each other. Well, then get married if you're both Christians. Do it right. Do it God's way. Right? Demonstrate that your loyalty is first to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What first let me loyalties are dividing you? Is it, is it maybe the need for security? Your loyalty to security. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, get out of debt first and I'm gonna pay my bills first and I'm gonna save for my future first and then, then I'm gonna give to missions. Then I'm gonna tithe. Right? Jesus says, no, you're not fit for the kingdom. You're not fit for service in the kingdom. You have a divided loyalty and God's looking for a church that has an undivided loyalty that will put him first in all ways. What first let me loyalties are dividing you? Is it, could it even be this? This is kind of interesting. Could it be pride? Your loyalty to pride. You don't even realize it. What you're saying is, first let me get my act together, then I'll join the choir. How many know the choir is not perfect? Okay, maybe you think they are. First let me get, it, get this song just perfect, and then I'll sing it. Is that for the glory of God or for the glory of you? First let me read the Bible and completely understand it before I teach toddlers the Bible. First, let me live six months sober, right? And, and memorize the Lord's prayer. And then, pastor, I'll serve the kingdom. Listen, Jesus is not looking for perfection. He's looking for loyalty. He's looking for undivided loyalty. And when he finds that, he'll take care of the perfection part. He'll take care of that. What's it going to take for you to be fit for service in the kingdom? It's going to take pain. It's going to take loyalty. And it's going to take focus, a future focus. The third man said, Lord, but first let me go back. Let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Now, this third man is closer to being fit for service than the first guy or the second guy. He's he's willing to leave his family. Right. But before he leaves his family to follow Jesus, he says, Jesus, can I at least go back and say goodbye to my parents? I mean, that sounds reasonable, right? And what does Jesus say? He says, any man who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. Ever met a a recovering alcoholic, former alcoholic who said, you know what? I'm, I'm committed to living sober, but let me first go back and have one more drink. Let me first go back and and just one more look. Let me first go back. One more, a little adultery, a little fooling around. Just one more, Jesus. One more gambling binge. How many of you know the alcoholic that goes back for one more drink? How many of you know that's not going to be his one more drink? It's not going to be his last drink. How many of you are the person that goes back? Hey, just, just one more time. I, I just, one more time. I, I need to tell off that person. And then Jesus, I'm going to follow. Jesus says, no. He says, you know what? What's going to happen to that guy that goes back to his parents to say goodbye? They're going to talk him out of following me. That's what's going to happen. He's going to go back. Mom and dad, this was my decision. Da, da, da. And they're going to negotiate. And they're going to say, but you're my son. And don't you love us? And what's wrong? You know, they're not going to understand that loyalty. So Jesus, don't even go back and say goodbye. Just follow me. 
He's looking for that kind of focus, that kind of future focus. I'm not going to keep looking in the, the rearview mirror. How many of you know you get in accidents when you do that? Every once in a while you glance in the rearview mirror. Every once in a while. Right? In the ultimate journey class. That's what we do. Every once in a while we go back and we, we, we quickly look at those past loyalties. Right? We learn from them. We, re, we repent of those. And then we look forward to what God has for us in his kingdom. What's it going to take to be fit for service? It's going to take, it's going to take pain. A new attitude about pain. It's going to take loyalty, an undivided loyalty to God. And it's going to take focus, a future focus. I don't know about you, but this is going to be a great year. This next year is going to be an amazing year. It's going to be an amazing year. And God, I believe, is going, he wants all of you, every single one of us, to be fit for service. Fit for service in the kingdom. Maybe this morning you've been running from pain. You have seen pain as the enemy and you got to rebuke that pain. And every time there's pain, right, you're looking for some relief from that pain. And perhaps God will give it to you. But if he doesn't, embrace it and say, you know what? Get out the duct tape. We're going to keep going. Get out the duct tape because I didn't come here to turn around and go home. I came here to ski. (laughs) I came here to serve. Right? Some of you this morning, you've got different loyalties going on. There's a different loyalty that... And God's saying, you know what? If you're going to be fit to serve, you've got to have undivided loyalty. You've got to have focus. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've learned about, about why I was born. I was born to be born again. And I was born to be fit for service in the kingdom of God. And this is interesting. As, as I have focused on being fit for service, God has revealed to me my assignment in the kingdom. As I have focused on, on raising a threshold of pain, undivided loyalty, future focus, as I have focused on being fit, then God reveals the assignment he has for us. So don't go try to find the assignment God has for you in his kingdom. Focus on being fit. Focus on being fit. When God sees that, hey, this guy's willing to go. The act, he's willing to go pain. He's, will, he's, he's got this loyalty. Here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. Here's your assignment. We all want to know, what are we going to do? What's our role? Am I a teacher? Am I a preacher? Am I taking it to the, to the streets? Am I taking it to my place of employment? What does it look like, God? My assignment in the kingdom. Don't focus on the assignment. Focus on being fit. So when the time for the day of the race comes, your track coach can say, hey, we're pulling you out of this race and we're putting you in this race. You're cross-trained. You're ready. You're ready to serve. You're ready to go. How many of you are looking for a great year this next year? Amen? Amen. Let me just quickly give this invitation because I believe many here today many, how many of you know, one, two, three, four, I don't know, however many, you were born to be born again. And you know this morning that you're not born again. You know, you haven't bend, you have not bent your knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You have not said, Jesus, you're the king and I am not, but I want to come into your kingdom.
I want to come into your kingdom. Only way I can come in is God for you to save me and for you to cleanse me and put to your spirit in me. But God, I'm ready now to give up being boss of my life and I'm ready, Jesus, for you to be boss, to take your rightful place. Some of you here this morning, that's why you came to church today. You came to get saved. You came to be born again. If that's you this morning, lift your hand nice and high. I want to pray with you. I came to be born again. Pastor, I'm ready to submit to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Who else? God bless you. Bless you up front here and over here. Here's what I've learned about, about this. Um, the Bible says that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. That means every. Not some, not most. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's going to happen whether we like it or not. We have the opportunity in this life to bend the knee and say, Jesus, your Lord. And if we don't bend the knee in this life, we will stand on judgment day. And we will realize on that day, he is, in fact, the king. <laughs> and whether we want to or not, we're going to be bending the knee. And we're going to be confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. But the only way you can be saved, the only way you can, you can come into his kingdom is if you come to that decision, that conclusion in this life. You have the opportunity right now. We had several hands go up. I'm ready to bend the knee. I'm ready to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Anybody else? Raise your hand quickly and we're going to pray. In the balcony over here. God bless you. And over here, I'm ready to bend the knee. Everybody stand with me to your feet. Stand to your feet with me if you would. Pastor, how do I get saved? How do I enter this kingdom? Jesus said, you have to be born of the spirit. You have to be born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God births you into the kingdom. You can't do it in your own strength, in your own flesh. It's a supernatural spirit thing. All you do is you repent and believe. You repent from your sin. You turn to Jesus say, I trust you to save me. And then the Spirit of God comes in and takes over. So if that's you, you raise your hand this morning. I want you to just simply pray right where you're at. And I want you, I don't, I'm not going to ask everybody to pray with me, okay? Not everybody's praying this. Just those who raise your hand. Pray loud enough so you can hear with your, with your own ears. Say, God in heaven, I have sinned. I have fallen short of your standard. And I have been the boss of my life. But I realize that you're the king. And I'm not. And I submit to your kingship this morning. I submit to you as my savior this morning. And I, I receive you by faith in Jesus' name this morning. And I say, I'm coming into your kingdom, Jesus. I'm coming in and you're king. And I'm your servant. And now I'm your son and I'm your daughter. Coming into your kingdom this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Let me tell you what just happened this morning. There was a great exchange. You were a slave to the enemy. You were part of the kingdom of darkness. But this morning, now you're, the, you're in the kingdom of Jesus. You're in the kingdom of Jesus. You were a slave to fear. Now you're a son and you're loved by God this morning. There's been a big trend. You've been translated from one kingdom into the other this morning. You are a kingdom man. You're a kingdom woman. A kingdom of God man and a kingdom of God woman this morning. Is that awesome? Can we give God a hand this morning? God, thank you.
You may say, Pastor, I don't quite understand what all that means. Neither did I. And I still don't completely understand it. This born again thing is, it's, it's beyond our, our comprehension. You can grow in your understanding, but you won't fully understand it until we see him face to face someday. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you this morning. We want to be fit. We want to be fit for service in your kingdom, God. God, as we move into this new year, Lord, we, we don't want to be afraid of pain anymore. We want to embrace it, God. We don't want loyalties to, to divide us. We want an undivided loyalty to you. And if there's something God is putting on your heart right now, you realize you're, that's dividing you, your loyalties are divided, just confess that sin and turn from it right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you're always thinking about the past and what you've done in the past. You're always looking back. You, you want to go back and say goodbye to some past things. And, and Jesus is saying, you don't have to do that. Don't look back. Look forward. Focus on what's ahead of you. Focus on what I have for you in the future. Lord, we receive that in Jesus' name as well. God, I thank you for your church. God, I thank you, God, that you have... You have territory for us to take. You have territory, God. There is there is places where the devil reigns in this city, God. And God, you have that territory for us, your church, to move into and declare that you rule and that you reign and that your authority is here. God, I thank you that this year, God, you're desiring a great harvest of souls. Lord, prepare us and make us fit for that, we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to ask our prayer workers if you would come. If you got saved this morning, come see a prayer worker and let them know you got saved this morning. They've got a gift they want to give you. We'd love for you to just leave your name for us so we can call you and see how you're doing and encourage you in the Lord. Some of you want to just stay here and and, uh, and process what God is, is saying to you. We encourage you, find a place in the altar or find a place sitting right where you're at. Spend some time with the Lord this morning. The rest of you, you're dismissed. Please be respectful if you would. Please be respectful of those who are praying. God bless you all. Merry Christmas.